Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Steve Plitty again from NJ Advanced Media. I'm here at High Point Solutions Stadium for Episode 4, Season 2 of the Rebuilding Rutgers Podcast. As always, I am joined by world-renowned Rutgers beat writers. After a 65-0 win, you guys, your reputations have gone global, as far as I'm concerned. Keith Sargent, Ryan Dunleavy, and look, I've got to start here. Uh, this, has been, this moment has been bothering me all weekend. Uh, it, it ruined the weekend that I was going to have to come here, in here today sit across from Dunleavy and say this, and I want to get it out right away. I want to start the podcast with this so we can, I can move on from this and we can have a good production. So here goes. Nebraska is a winnable game. Whoa, there you go. I hope you're proud of yourself. I you am win. very petty. So what, I am very you, you have won. This is a victory. Call that your Pulitzer. It's never going to get better. If we could get our engineer, Keith Sargent, to replay the Just discussion. Make it your can phone. Can you pull that up for me? The Where? ringtone on your phone. They're, this they're is bad. a low-budget production. They're bad. They're Nebraska's bad. bad. And we'll get, look, we'll talk about Rutgers and, and what it did against Morgan State a little later on. But I think most fans watch that and are <laughs> ready to move on. Uh, so let's move on. I mean, let's go right to Nebraska. And, you know, it, they losing to Northern Illinois, losing the way they lost two pick sixes uh, at home, two non-conference losses in a row for the first time. What did you keep him with the stat? Like 1953 1957. or something? 1957. Not even at home. Two non-conference yes. losses back-to-back. First right. time since 1957. I mean, that is, you, think, I mean you think things are going to get a little tense here at one and two. I mean, they're burning. Cor- they're burning cornfields out in Lincoln right yeah. now. It is. A, I mean, some of the stuff I've read out there is just I, holy mackerel. They're they're very upset about this. That's the, that's the backdrop that Rutgers walks into this. Mike stadium. Riley See could it. be coaching for his game, uh, for, uh, for, his, his, for his job, yeah, for no, his career, maybe. There's, there's no question that the stakes are high. And I, you go back and forth. I'm not sure this is a good a good way for this team to walk in, but. I mean, the team's no good, from what I feel like. But certainly, I'm not saying Rutgers is going to win that game, but for the bits and pieces I watched of the Northern Illinois game, uh, you know, this is not going to be their their biggest challenge of the season. Yeah, I think we could spend a whole half-an-hour podcast. We won't because, you know, there's mean tweets to read. <laughs> but there, I think we could spend a whole half-an-hour podcast on, is this a good thing for Rutgers or not? Like, right. are you walking into an incredibly focused – hyper no team that has no room for error that's just going to wax you or are you walking into a team right. that knows its coach is on the hot seat its ad doesn't like its coach the locker room turns on its players and they're going to mail in the season as we've seen yeah. happen here not too long ago so you could spend a whole time on that. i think it's probably they'll be focused they'll want to play right. but like you said they're not any good so it, you know it doesn't really matter when mm-hmm. vegas is saying it's an 11 point spread wow. that tells you it's yeah. not yeah I'd be careful with it, too, because, I mean, it was only two weeks ago that Rutgers lost to a MAC team as well. Northern yep. Illinois has kind of be- become a Big Ten killer, I and mean, they're 4-1 they're and one all-time against Big Ten wow. teams. You know, if you compare Northern Illinois and Eastern Michigan, I would think that Northern Illinois would be favored in that type of game. 
Um, I just be careful only because, like I said, two weeks ago, Rutgers had their own issues against a, another, probably a lesser MAC. Oh, certainly. And there's nothing that I, I mean, and I was, this first segment we're to, we'll call how the, how the impossible can happen. And I, uh, you know, to think before the season that they'd have a shot, I did not. So now I think that it's a winnable game, but here's my problem. I still do not think based on what I saw in the East, in the game against Morgan state, that this passing offense can do enough to win, to win a game on the road. You know, Nebraska is going to have a good run defense. You know, they're going to, they're going to stop Gus Edwards and Rob Martin. And, and if Rutgers can't prove they can pass really with any consistency against Morgan state, how's it going to do against Nebraska? And that, that's the one thing I come back to that. I wanted to see that in the game against Morgan state and did not really, I didn't see, you know, proficiency uh, ease of throwing in the past game. I mean, so that's the one thing that I think is going to make this very difficult. What, how about you? Is there one one aspect of the game that you think has to change for them to win? Well, I want to hit on what you just said, which I think is fascinating because the way Nebraska plays defense under Jersey guy Bob Diaco is they only typically rush three guys and drop eight into coverage. You don't want to do that against Rutgers. You want to <laughs> right. stack the box. Yeah. You want to have as many guys on the line. You want to stop that. It would be interesting to see if Diaco is one of those guys. He has a reputation for like smashing his head against the wall and doing yeah. my way or the highway kind of thing. It would be interesting to see if he adjust how he plays to fit what Rutgers is doing and st- st- uh, stack the box and, you know, drop less guys into coverage. Cause you're right. Rutgers hasn't proven that it can uh, pass the ball yep. at all. So yeah, they, they've run the ball 57% of the time. I asked Jerry kill about it today. And even Chris Ash talked about yeah. the need to have more balance o- offensively. The reason why I think that, that Rutgers can compete against Nebraska is we've seen now o- o- over the last you know, year that, they can compete against teams in the Big Ten or teams in general that just aren't, like, scary, athletic. You know, the skill positions Correct. are off the charts. Nebraska, when you look at them, they're not going to wow you, Correct. you know, with, 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 with the, you know, skill guys. that You you would think that this could, could be a lot like Minnesota a year ago. Iowa. Iowa mm-hmm. a year ago. Indiana. You know, Indiana, Illinois, those types of games where Rutgers, you know, they lost the games, but they, they competed. So what has to happen, Sarge, for them to win this game? Uh, probably, uh, you, you mentioned they need to pass the ball. Uh, Kyle Boland's going to have to take some shots and hit some shots. And uh, again, I think they're just going to need to to play. They've w- played winning defense all mm-hmm. three weeks. Um, I think they're going to need probably even a better effort defensively than they than, than they had against Washington, and that was a pretty good de- defensive effort. They're probably going to even need a better one. Uh, they forced the four turnovers against Morgan State. You can't expect four against Nebraska, but Tanner Lee threw two pick sixes. They're certainly going to need, at, I'll say, at least two turnovers and maybe a non-traditional touchdown. You wanted to see one mm-hmm. last week. We saw one that got taken off the well, board. Two, pretty much. Two that got taken, off, that the got taken off the board. board. Um, I'd say you need one, whether it's a pick six or a fumble recovery or Janarian Grant. How about Janarian Grant returns? A bit, gets a big return. Right, right. Uh, he was pretty much MIA in that game because they basically gave him the Saturday off. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say they need a non-traditional score one way or the other. Right. So so would, if you give it a percentage, if you had to give me the, the line's 11 and a half, what are you going to say? Too, yeah. Uh, well, why doesn't Sarge start? Because you already gave me a mea culpa, but Sarge laughed in my face too when I said he, it was well, winnable. So I'm, I'm waiting for right. his mea. <laughs> now, what is the percentage that they're going to tape, by the way? They're going to have to go back to the archives. I don't know. Um, I think that record, it is a winnable game. I, I, I will concede that, but I still think it's a long shot with, all, yeah. with as so, much youth as, as this team has. Nebraska is going to be a tough environment. 85,000 fans. Um, so much youth and, and uh, you know, I know Percent. Chris Ash and, and Jerry Kill both downplayed it, <laughs> but 
percent. <laughs> percentage? He's going to hold you to the number. What, per, what, what give me a percentage shot? What percentage have to win the game? Yes. Yeah. 25%. Wow, that's high. Uh, yeah, that's that, uh, not to steal his thunder, but that's yeah. what I was going to say, too. 20 to 25%. I'm going to put it at 7.5%. I still do not think they can go there with the youth in this team in that atmosphere, considering what happened. It would be a monument. I don't care what the line is. It'd be a program-changing upset Correct. for Chris Ash. I think it would do more good than Eastern Michigan did yes, bad. If absolutely. you're tilting the mm-hmm. scales, mm-hmm. would it even it out? I think it would do more than even it right. out. All right, let's talk about, the, as I'm calling the segment, the uh, – Fun in the kiddie pool here at uh, High Point Solution Stadium. We had a hot tub for the first game. It was pretty much all the, all the babies on the field here against Morgan State. Uh, you know, look, it was Morgan State's bad. There's, there's no debating that. And really, you can't get a lot out of what happened in that game. But uh, 65 nothing victory. Chris Ash actually had to hold the score down. It, was getting, it would look like it was going to get out of hand in the 70s. Uh, so, but the one thing you did, you saw, a lot of, you saw a lot of the future of this program. And you have to feel pretty good about what you saw. So if you, if I'm going to ask both of you guys, if there was one of the true freshmen that played that you want to see more of, who would it be? I'll go with the same guy who I said last week. Raheem Blackshear. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. a change of pace. Um, I think that Gus Edwards and, and Robert Martin are what they are. I think they're solid. Right. Big 10 caliber running backs. They're not, but Raheem Blackshear just brought a different level, yep. different speed. You know, they don't have a whole lot of guys where, where you, you they, they wow you with their, sure. you know, speed and can can break one at any any, any given point. Right. I don't want to annoy them, annoy them as, you know, a, a Jonathan Taylor, the kid from Wisconsin mm-hmm. who's been, you know, all, you know out of this world the first two weeks. But I think he needs to be more incorporated into the offense. The thing I, the thing I liked about Blackshear, too, is his, I mean, for 5'9", he ran with some power, too. He had a little downfield uh, you know, this is a guy with speed, but he's, he's a pretty strong kid, too. I was impressed with that. Uh, I, who are you taking? I mean, the obvious answer is Lewis. Well, right. why don't we uh, – before we get to Lewis, I'll say Bo Melton. He had his first catch, 48-yarder. Right. What, lo- what I loved about that one catch was not only was it a big play, he was on the doorstep of the end zone. He, w- he got tackled at the two, but he didn't take his eyes off the ball. He wasn't yes. thinking about scoring before. He, he didn't even mind getting tackled at the two-yard line. He wasn't – it wasn't an all about me moment, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's what I re- if you're diving into that, I really love that. I want to see more. Bo Why Mountain. haven't we seen more of him? What can you, is he not? Is he not figuring out the, the the routes? I mean, the kid. I mean, the kid obviously is the guy the most he talented started receiver. Two, yeah, he started two yeah. of the three games. Yeah. I I don't know. I really, if you look at it, Janarian Grant has 12 catches. Damon Mitchell has eight, most of which were on that last drive against Eastern Michigan, and none of the receivers have really gotten involved. Wormley has one catch. Hayek has two for two yards. Uh, Melton has the one. Right. Uh, Jay Harris, I don't think has any. So the, none of their, they've been very tight end involved. So yeah. I just don't think any of the receivers have gotten much. And then Lewis obviously is the answer to this right. question, right? We're all dan- we're yeah. all looking for the fancy answer of <laughs> yeah, right. Lewis. Of Lewis, I need to see more Lewis. Uh, I especially like the idea of playing Lewis in the red zone. Maybe. And what I loved was Bolin after the game said, "I'll drive the team 90 yards and hand the ball off to Lewis. Let yep. him take it in from the 10." I love that. Uh, mindset from Bolin. It sounded genuine. Uh, I want to see more of Lewis, not just one or two plays and not even necessarily whole drives, but let's utilize his talents inside the 20 yard line. And what I like about it is, you know, four or five years ago, uh, this type of gun run wildcat was all the rage and people didn't really know how to stop it. Now teams, every defense knows how to stop it. So it's basically boils down to, you know, it's coming. Can, Can you stop them? And you saw Eastern Michigan, they were able to stop them. Obviously, Morgan State, lesser yeah. opponent. 
if he gets onto the field, you know what's coming. Okay, maybe he, you know, one one out of every four or five, he might do a run pass option and actually throw the ball. But basically, you know he's going to be running the yeah. ball. Can you tackle him? Can you stop him? The right. difference yep. is people compare him to Tylen Oden. Tylen Oden, with all due respect, was 160 pounds yeah. soaking wet. Yes, and that's I, the big difference. And Jonathan Lewis, Tariq Cole just told me, I said, what did you think of Jonathan Lewis? He said, when I first saw him, I said, you're 240 pounds well, and you're I a quarterback? He walked, <laughs> like, well, he walked into the pre- – you, you don't realize how big he is. He walks in the press conference and you see him like, oh, my, this is a huge kid. He's just enormous. He, yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's a, he's a different type player than Tylen Oden. And they are convinced that he can throw the ball. I like what Jerry Kill said that they're not going to use him in one play, bring him back out there. They're going to use him for a series, for a set of downs, for the different situational stuff still. But the, the one and out play thing has got to stop, and I'm glad they're going to do that. I want to throw in one freshman before we go. I mean, Justin Davidovitz. Oh. Like the fact I – mean, is I know this is the bar is on the ground here with Rutgers special teams – but, I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame by the end of the season if he gets put kicking the ball into the end zone. What? I mean, oh, oh my goodness. Here's the stat, right? He had six touchbacks against Morgan State. Do you know how many touchbacks they had last season? I read it. In, I don't know. Four. Four. Yeah. That's cool. In the season. <laughs> I don't pull it in the entire season. Well, they only kicked off like 14 times and they didn't <laughs> score. But still, I mean, that's incredible. All right. So all those guys are going to be included in the true or false. Uh, our, fa- our favorite segment. Uh, based on the one listener who told me about it. Uh, I'm going to go true or false. You guys say just true or false. We'll come back and we'll talk about all this stuff at the end. Uh, first question. Uh, Raheem Blackshear deserves to be as a running back on ev- even footing with Gus Edwards and Rob Martin. False. True. True. Wow. Okay. Just this week, but true. Rutgers has next to no chance to beat Purdue. <laughs> false. If you're naming this one winnable. Purdue looks good, though. What do you got? What do you got, Dunleavy? False. False. All right. Okay. Uh, number three, Rutgers wide receivers continue to be the team's biggest concern. True. True. False. False. Wow. I can see you find out what your biggest concern is. Only three catches for them in the first uh, in the last week. Uh, number four, Darnell Davis is the team's best defensive player. True. True. All right. Wow. Number five, this freshman class will go down as Rutgers' best of the 2000s. False. False. That's tough. That's a tough one. It's good, but it's going to be hard to do. Uh, number six, Rutgers should scramble and schedule more MEAC teams immediately. True. 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 <laughs> well, big, big false on well, that. I would like to you get very Mom. little out of those games. I would so. like we'll to talk see about that. Number seven, That's Rutgers will, des- will be better at quarterback this week. True. Uh, and number eight, <laughs> my friend, Justin Davidowitz, de- deserves a spot in the Rutgers Hall of Fame <laughs> already. <laughs> Kicking the ball into the end zone. <laughs> Premature? True. No, I think he's going in. It's false. He's going he's gonna to beat Carly Lloyd in. Uh, uh, oh, well, that's, uh, that's its own, that's its own <laughs> podcast. We'll have, to, we'll have to save that for another podcast. All right, go back. So what is you, what, do you see, what is the biggest concern on the team if it's not wide receivers? Uh, uh, I would say the defensive line. And, I mean, we just really? saw against Big Ten teams. I mean, right. let, let's see it first. I mean, they, right. they, they're they still you know playing without Badicky, Jimmy Hogan. They have Miles Nash going, go, you know, going both Good ways. Point. The depth there yeah, is bad. The depth is not good, and we saw we saw this you know this song and dance a year ago where, where they weren't even close to. to yeah. They have to improve so markedly to be even near Big Ten level to right. be in the middle. Yeah. You say you say it's a big concern, even though we haven't seen it 
unfold yet. Yes. And they were pushed around a little bit against Correct. And Eastern. Yeah, and, and again, they're playing Miles Nash both ways. It, it's a concern. I just think that this this offense can't be good until somebody establishes himself as a receiver, and we haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. I don't – I mean, you know, uh, granted, you know, Leontay Cruz now walking through that door, but, you know, that's a problem. That's yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Damon Mitchell is the guy to run the middle of the field intermediate routes – but Sarge said it all the time. He had 23 career touches at Arkansas. Right. So he already has eight here. So right. I, I want to see more of Damon Mitchell. Right. And I side with you on Blackshear. I loved what I see, what I saw. But I think that, you know, he's still behind those two guys. I mean, we have Rob Martin. I, I will go to my grave. He's the best running back on the team. You know, and, and Edwards certainly has had his moments too. So. Let me ask you a question. Uh, obviously, the game plays out differently. Both of you, I'll, t- I'll take the politi, you know, I'll take the lead here. Uh, <laughs> Rutgers runs the ball 30 times, 20, f- 25, 30 times against Nebraska. Give me that. How do, how do you want those carries broken down between those three guys? Not Lewis, 30 other times. 30, I want 15, I want 15 Martin, 10 Edwards, and I, can I get five for Blackshear? Is that off, off pace kind of guy? Can, can he catch the ball? Can I get him involved? I don't know. Can yeah, he has two catches get last two game. catches last game? Yeah. I mean, get him involved in passing game, too, and passing downs? Yeah. What do you think? And that's pretty much where, where I'd go. And, you know, it goes back to the true or false to go and give one answer. I, I think that Blackshear, again, deserves a play, not on even footing. I think right. he's a change of pace guy. And if you, you, you put him in, you know, when, when in, in certain plays or whatever, you have a certain amount of plays, catching the ball out of the backfield, whatever you, whatever you determine it. It could be five, could be seven plays, but yeah, I, I would say that that's pretty much the the percentage I'd go. I want more than that. I want more than change huh. of pace. I want. Wow. I want. I don't know if he has to be on even the, footing. The most with those talented guys. position on the on the team. I market. want. I, I still I, want to see him out. Jerry Kill said, and I'll go with Jerry Kill. He said he ran at a different speed than everybody huh. else on the field. Not just okay. the other running yep, back. Yep. Everybody else on the field, he was playing at a different speed. So well, I, and this is and the Rutgers doesn't have a lot of speed. And you know, this is what I mean. This is what happened with Ray Rice. You yeah. know, he was a guy that midway through his freshman year, they're like, "Oh, he's the best on the team, <laughs> right?" Yeah. And then he became, then he became. Yeah. And then it was like Brian Leonard. We love you. We love you. You go over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know if we're quite at that point yet, but no. you make a good point. Play the time most talented kid. All right, so we're going to combine two segments now: the big fan, ba- the Big Ten fan base we pissed off this week, and the mean tweets of the week. Here it is, the big fan, Big Ten fan base. Like, sounds like I a mean, you could song. You could have played this and give me twenty-five guesses, and I wouldn't have come up with the fight song. Yeah, I would. Does anybody? Was- does anybody? I mean, I'm gonna play a little longer, just so see if the fans listening can figure it out before we reveal it. Feels like a song you'd hear at a parade at Disney. <laughs> Disney parade <laughs> song. Yes, the name of the song. Illinois is Oski Wow Wow. I do not know what that means, but that's the fight. It is apparently the fight. It's not the fight song. Maybe we really pissed off Illinois fan base. It's what I found on Google. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you can always go Which back. is great. Wikipedia? Did they have one? Wait, how did we piss off the Illinois fan base? Please share, Ryan, because as usual, it's your social media <laughs> habit that has gotten us into this situation. So it's not nearly to the expanse that we pissed off Michigan <laughs> or Penn State. Penn State. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that we'll ever get back there. But I got pissed <laughs> off a couple people, Illini, B. 88 and Trakis, T-R-A-K-I-S, uh, when the Big Ten announced its 2020 and 2021 schedules, uh, Rutgers has Illinois both years, I said, and I was very careful not to say that's a win for Rutgers because like that could be perceived as an actual on-field win and not just like a morale win. Right. I said that couldn't have worked out any better, basically. And one guy said, wow, get a load of this guy. <laughs> 
And the other guy said, the Illini will be a different team by then, based on how Lovey has been recruiting. Our current frosh proved that it won't be pretty for Rutgers. Wow. Which, everything I've heard is that Lovey's recruiting has not been good. I didn't think it was anything. And and our current frosh proved that. I mean, that could be a Rutgers fan saying that to Illinois. So that just basically goes back to my point, which is these two teams are the same team, one in the East, one in the West. They should be playing each other every (laughs) year. That was the point of the tweet, and people did not like that. Oh, it's interesting though because your your first you, your first glance at that schedule was win for Rutgers. My first glance at it was like like Jim Delaney's driving the truck over this this poor campus again. We, we had that text exchange right, for different, yeah. but for different reasons. I just like I just when they had them like the only couple of times in the history of Rutgers when this program has been nationally relevant is because they had a favorable schedule and could get out to seven and zero and nine and zero and suddenly hey look Rutgers is number in the top fifteen. Yeah. Excitement! Let's get Mike and the Mad Dog down here! Hooray! Yeah. By putting Michigan, they open up with mm. at Michigan and at Ohio State in those two years. You are guaranteeing. That you're not gonna, you're just, you're just slapping him in the face to start. That was, I mean, that was the way I looked you at looked that schedule. At the order, was, you looked at the order. I knew what the teams were gonna be in the East, whether you play right. them in November or September. I looked, the first thing I looked at right away were what are the three crossover West Division games? Because they'll go back to the thing Sergeant and I have said many yeah. times is if Rutgers was in the West yeah. Division, I think they were a bowl team. So, um, I mean, number, number, Wisconsin could turn off the gas right now, turn <laughs> out the lights right now. They're going to the Big Ten Championship <laughs> yeah, it's game. It's pretty much pretty true yeah, yeah. so uh a, that, that's the first thing i like reporter you can book november early december yeah. all right sorry look sorry so looking at these guys now we know the schedules for the next five years i guess yeah. four four years when what i mean what is uh, what, what's the, the big takeaway from from that from what yeah you i think ryan nailed it i mean i think every year Rutgers, they're 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 one path to the to 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 a bowl game is going to be beat indiana beat maryland Win your non-conference games, and then hopefully have an Illinois or a you know or a Purdue. Try or, to go two or, and one. Yeah, in the go, West. go to two and one in the, in the West. That's right. going to be your your path to to seven wins, six wins, eight wins. That'll be the path. Uh, and it looks like that they've at least they at least by getting Illinois. And I and I know these programs are on equal level now. If you're looking at the schedule, Illinois is still the, the, the game that stands out. The next the next easiest game for them to win this year, certainly by far, based on the results. Yeah, I mean, I looked it up when this guy started coming at me, and I said Illinois has had three winning seasons since 2002. <laughs> right. I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, the, the idea that they're suddenly going to become yeah, I Wisconsin. Agree. I mean, you, you Sarge tells us that all the time, right? Like. Ohio State and and Michigan have won the Big Ten like 80% of the time. They're the only teams you can say. Michigan State proved (laughs) it last year. Nebraska's proving it right now. They're the only two teams in the Big Ten you can say are going to be good every year. Everything else, I'm not sold Illinois is magically going to be good. All right, next segment. The first first road game of the year for Rutgers. I'm calling this road trip. Remember the commercials with Lou Holtz? Every time he every time he said road trip, huh? And he goes, walk up to the guy at the gas station. I love those. Commercials. I think you guys it made me last. Made I think me you last guys are every, a couple years older than me. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't you don't remember, remember that? Come on, that was I know. When was that? I, I don't remember. You remember the OJ commercials? I've heard about those. I don't oh really remember. God. That. I, I was, That's not. By the way, you're just culture. Like you haven't seen. We'll talk about some embarrassing things about Ryan this year, but maybe it's just another example. Of you not I was, seeing stuff. I was 12 when OJ happened. They actually wheeled the uh, like VCR into our gym class, and oh, wow. the whole school You're watched. Like, Wait, he, he played in the NFL? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first road trip of the year. Uh, we've got two things we want to talk about on this in this segment. First of all, the fact that it is the serious football side of it is 
you're bringing a boatload of freshmen into, I mean, we've been to enough stadiums now. It was, I think, it, I would rank it number one just for cool factor of seeing the stadium. It might not be the most intimidating place to play in the Big Ten, yeah. but this is an NFL stadium. Well, the, <laughs> I mean, the, the environmental-minded uh, guy in me, would, would, uh, you have to almost see it to, to believe it. After they, 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 after the kickoff, they actually unleash a got to be about balloons. Twenty thousand balloons. I know. Up in the air. Yes. I'm like, holy cow, that's bad for the environment. Yeah. So many and birds I'm the are only dying. person in the press box. Every, everyone else is just in awe by it. Uh, like, yeah. It only happens every week. And I think you and I were that bad for the environment. I was wild. You and I were competitors at the time, and I was sitting next to you, and I was like, if that happened in New Jersey, we get twenty emails from bird ecologists saying that Rutgers is killing birds. Rutgers would have killed off an entire line of seagulls by doing that. Um. Yeah, that stat we haven't <laughs> talked about it is, I think it's 365 consecutive sellouts for it's Nebraska. Amazing. Yeah, I mean Taking that back is back to the si- early 1962. I but you think. go and if this is and if I if I were a fan if I were a fan this would be uh, I, obviously Ann Arbor. You want to go to the big house, but this would be the next trip I would make. I think I would just. I mean, the people are so nice. It's a great football it's town. Great football. It's just and then I wanted to go back to this because we were having so much fun talking about it. Our first trip to Lincoln was preceded by. The single worst piece of advice that any of us have ever been given, <laughs> and I want you to bit that's right. Bold. I want, I mean, I want you to tell the story, right? Because you tell it so well. Just take it from the top. It's, a, right. it's a, it is a great, it is a great it behind the scenes story. So it was like October, September 2014, and uh, Julie Herman was former Rutgers athletics director. Julie Herman was in the throes of her controversies, many, many controversies. <laughs> Some had happened, some were yet to happen, and Julie was a star volleyball player at Nebraska, an Mm -hmm. absolute star volleyball player, and the media were invited to talk to Julie Herman, and do a she didn't talk to media very often, so it was an opportunity to talk to her. Rare opportunity. Opportunity to talk to her, you know, get some FaceTime, get her to know us, build a rapport, (laughs) all the... All the things that uh, media people right. usually like to do. We'll do this story in exchange for building a relationship with mm-hmm. you of down, for down the road. Well, we do the story. We sit with Julie for seven, eight minutes. We turn the tape recorders off and we say, just making small talk. Where should we go eat dinner? And, you know, just name a restaurant. Name any restaurant. I think it'll like, be a steakhouse. Yeah, it's all think. Omaha Steak, right? Yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, that's, would that's be a probably good, where you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she recommended a pizza joint. I wish I had the name of it in front of me. I don't. It's like a Nebraska. It's renowned. a Nebraska pizza joint. Yep. And yeah. uh, we instantly were like, really? You're going to recommend pizza to like six <laughs> dudes w- from <laughs> uh, New Jersey slash New York. The one, the thing, pizza the one thing we do well. America. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, it's great. Trust me. <laughs> so we go out there. We're like, I guess we're going to get this. We don't have to. It's the post-game meal in the press box. So this is perfect. It's free. Uh, We don't even have to pay for it. (laughs) And I looked at it, and I was like, it looks weird. It had mayonnaise on it, <laughs> or mustard, or both. I don't. It was so bad. Uh, I spit it in the thing. I have never seen a grown man spit. Food. Uh, I, I, I've but, seen my I daughters mean, spit food out. I've never seen a grown man. I, and I just grabbed it without really out. looking at it. My gag reflex. I, I, I nearly. I mean, my gag reflex. 
and these people guy. again these people are so nice you park the car yeah. and i'm trying not to say like be that asshole from new jersey he goes oh my <laughs> god <laughs> this is disgusting but my <laughs> mouth is filled with this and i'm like don't leave me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know yak in the garbage can at memorial I stadium like, in the press room <laughs> yeah but it, yeah, it was. And that was the moment I lost all confidence in Julie. That was the that moment. Was the moment. Yeah. I lost confidence. Yeah, I reached yeah. that. I reached that a little sooner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was our trip uh, to uh, to Lincoln, Nebraska. Needless to say, we won't be eating that pizza again. But check our Twitter accounts because we will tweet pictures. Of yeah, it. Uh, we're, uh, you better get a steak. I'm not making this trip, but you guys better get a steak. All right, you want to do some predictions on this? Yeah, we're, we're, I, well, I think we it? should bring it back to football because we we're so excited to tell that story. Um, I, I think it's a concern, like Sarge was saying, uh, about bringing all these freshmen right. to – Jerry Kill's answer was basically, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to hope they don't realize <laughs> that. That was great. That was a great like, answer. We're going to write about it. <laughs> hope they don't read NJ.com because right. then they're going to figure it out real quick. But, yes, I think that is a concern to bring – Ash tried to spin it into a positive, basically said it's good for you know team bonding to get yep. on the road and yep. be together, brotherhood. But, uh, yes, certainly, especially if there's an early momentum swing that goes in Nebraska's favor, I'm certainly – uh, interested to see how these Rutgers kids bounce back to some adversity. Yeah, I think the line is probably where I kind of figured it going in. 11 points. Um, I think, again, I think there's, uh, Rutgers has a shot. It is winnable, get, going back to the original point, but I think it's a tough, tough environment yeah. to, to, to have. Although you see some of the bigger upsets in college football have been on. I mean, you know, you talked about Appalachian State and the Big House. There have been examples of teams going on the road and doing it. So it, it has happened before. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would be. But I tell you, if it does happen, it's going to be out there. You you know, it could be, people think we're negative. But some of the stuff that yeah. you're reading, yeah. <laughs> reading from Nebraska yeah. right now, it is. Yeah. It is bad. One, one thing I thought was interesting, Jay Neiman downplayed it because that's you know, Jay Neiman style. But I think that, uh, I think that's worth noting, right? Jay Neiman was the defensive coordinator at Northern Illinois two years ago. So he knows some of his, he knows some of the players. He certainly knows some of the coaches. If I'd be shocked if he didn't send a SOS message out there, like, Hey, what are some of the things you did that worked here? (laughs) That's a great point. It really is. That's behind the scenes kind of deal. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So what do you think is going to happen? Give me the lines, 11 points. Um, I, I was surprised the line was it's a little lower than I thought it would have been given what given Rutgers' Big Ten struggles, obviously. Uh, who wants to go first? You want to pick? You want to yeah, pick? Yeah, I mean, I think 31-20 right at the line. Yeah. Uh, Rutgers will – it'll be a game into in, in, deep into the third quarter. I think Nebraska is just going to be able to, to, to wear them down late. But I, I think Rutgers will compete with them. Yeah, now that we spent 35 minutes telling you that we expect this upset to, you know, possibly happen, let's let's all pick Nebraska. <laughs> you go ahead, please. Uh, I'm gonna pick. I, I think Nebraska probably wins by two touchdowns. Uh, it was 42 to 24 last time mm-hmm. we were out there. I don't see this game being that high scoring on either side. Maybe 28 14. Something like that. That's probably what I expect to happen. Very similar, probably to the. Uh, Washington game where Rutgers is in it, maybe winning at halftime. Right. Uh, fourth quarter has your interest, but I don't. I just don't think they have the horses yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm going a little bit on the other end, and, and again, I'm just concerned about this offense's ability to score against against a team. I mean, remember, North Illinois won that game because of the two pick sixes, and they were dominated yeah. statistically. Yeah. Looking at looking at the, the box score, uh, Nebraska is not good offensively, but I just I have a hard time imagining it. Uh, Rucker scoring more than touchdown, so I'm going to go 31-7 Nebraska. Uh, if they can keep it, if it's cool, if it's 14-7 at halftime, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, there's a chance they can make it memorable. Yeah. You know, interesting, memorable kind of. 
afternoon, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Let's uh, also throw out why we did that Neiman nugget. Rutgers has actually played Tanner Lee, Nebraska's quarterback, before. He was the for Rutgers fans who are diehards. Right. He was the starting quarterback when Tulane came here in 2014. <laughs> got hurt. Got yeah, hurt in he got hurt in the first quarter of the game, and Rutgers ended up winning the game pretty and easily. And Jay Neiman looked at you like he did not know that. Yeah, he way. did look at me like, like he did. Oh, really? Like, yeah. oh, I might uh, actually. I'll <laughs> make a note of that. No, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I actually talked to Tanner Lee about that uh, media day, so I'll have something up this week on that. Lovely. What else do we got coming, Sarge? What, what, what other covers do we have I'm in, just in the looking hopper? forward to the dinner on, on, on Friday night. I, I, anything casino? but the Nebraska pizza? Maybe that Iowa casino? Could, oh, wow, that's <laughs> nice. My wife might be listening so no casino. <laughs> she doesn't listen. All right, well, you got, if you're listening to the podcast and you're going to Lincoln, you now know where to find Sarge and Ryan on Friday night in Nebraska. All right, we're going to sign off from here. Thanks for listening, guys. It'll be fun. We'll be back next week to recap the